0: Hi, hey, welcome back to another episode of Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, the super awesome podcast show where me, your artist friend Chris Dyer, talks to all his super cool creative friends. Today I am in Alabama, life painting a mural for Soul Festival, and I caught up with my old artist friend Christopher Morpheus who is also live painting here. I've known him for over 10 years and he's a really cool and interesting person who crushes it at so many festivals and we had a really nice conversation. So I hope you enjoy. So much Christopher Morphis yeah. for joining me out here in the R V parking lot. Yeah. Uh Soulfest. Soul Fest, you just got in. Yeah. You were a Tipper the whole weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tipper and Friends for uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then uh-huh. I'm doing uh Soulfest here Sunday.
0: What was what were you doing out there?
1: Uh, we have uh, our whole team out there just running around doing promotion and I was doing live painting. Mm-hmm. And um, just really uh, trying to, uh, you know, build off that energy. It's a very artsy like festival. It's mm-hmm. like one of the most arts. Tipper and Friends
0: in Suwanee.
1: Yeah, it's a yeah. It's with, like a friends. classic. Yeah, it's yeah. probably like the the most the the most uh, the head is- concentrated <laughs> con- collection of love people who love art uh-huh. and love to buy art yeah essentially is another good thing if you like to sell your art so uh-huh. um definitely have, i noticed that i love tipper i love his music so mm-hmm. i definitely went for the music and uh, uh i love swanee that's one of the first places i ever did a festival and live painted so it's kind of like my home festival ground uh-huh. and uh, i've been going there for 10 years so
0: nice how I was it
1: really really good it was uh great weather which is usually a big factor in the festival so mm-hmm. it was a lot cooler than here honestly and, which is weird because we're farther north but um and uh, that the forest and everything there's you know got its own magic but when the weather's really good there then it's really nice you know because Florida can be kind of crazy with rain and stuff obviously so right. we didn't get anything crazy like that and uh, I, you know I just felt general like good vibes with everybody so and then,
0: time. from that whole weekend that it hasn't even finished, you drove, what, four hours?
1: Yeah, it was like three and a half hours. I, well, I painted last night till about uh, 3.30 or 4 a.m., and then I got a few hours of sleep, woke up, took a nice shower, drove three and a half hours, and uh, got here in time to perform with Recno. He did a pool party at 2 p.m. Okay. So, That's um, cool. That's huh? cool, that whole swimming pool vibe. Oh, yeah, that was such a good change is a t- completely different type of music than what we've been all weekend and then all of a sudden we're at a pool party in the middle of the day and having a blast and uh i started a new painting uh there i'm gonna be working on all night here so uh-huh. um i had done a piece there for tipper and friends and then i plan to do a piece here today for Soulfest. uh-huh
0: and uh tonight you're performing for immersive
1: immersive yeah and really everybody from seven o'clock on is good so i'm just going to go out there and paint all night cause okay i'm cool. excited yeah
0: is that like a, a producer you collaborate with
1: yeah immersive and i uh, linked up uh really over the pandemic um, we met at like a socially distanced festival and then started talking uh like on Zoom? no it was a hotel festival where they had everybody in their hotel rooms on a uh, on the beach you know how the balconies all face the beach okay. they put the stage right there and you would go everybody would be in their balcony watching the oh show Oh my god i have not even heard that so cool. honestly they cool. should do really? that i don't know why they don't do that for a festival because everybody gets their own hotel room on the beach and but uh anyway uh because there was what there state was, was that it was south carolina okay random like myrtle beach or something but they could do it at any beach really if they, uh-huh. uh, I don't know. I think it's a great idea for a festival, but I met him there and, um, just been talking to him, uh, on and off ever since. Um, really nice guy. Loves the art. He's he had actually known about me and been a fan of the art already. So, and I've, you know, been a fan of his, so that was kind of cool. And, uh, then, uh, last year he asked me to do some work for his tour. He did a big national tour and I designed all the posters and then went on the whole tour and live painted at all the shows. And, um, now, just been doing a lot of uh work with him whenever he does a show so that's one of the reasons i came tonight too because Mercer's here so Mercer, i just noticed yeah. it says more on your yeah you Both have it on our right hand more love mine says
0: more and more oh it's more which, love too more love but in spanish i know, and i know so, yeah sounds,
1: wow what a coincidence bro yeah, that's crazy yeah. <laughs>
0: all right we're united i did it on uh new year's in peru my Chimo. nice i wanted to do my knuckles and you know and uh and he just wanted me to be more original in my thing and i was like well more and more is like spanish english and right. it's more love and right. it sounds kind of funny like more and more it's like it's yeah, like a yeah, tongue twister right, it
1: rhymes yeah yeah
0: uh, no he has it so it's like all right because we'll right. i'm half Peruvian, half canadian yeah yeah so christopher um how long have we known each other
1: can you remember oh uh, it was uh um, root wire 2013 uh i think it might have been 12. yeah 2012 oh yeah it was 2000 yeah the, yeah the big one with Papados. yeah yeah we both did uh like murals up on the
0: stage yeah that was like such a classic festival for meeting so many live
1: painters yeah that was where that were you, my life where were you at in your career at that time Just starting out, in a way, I mean, I guess you could say that, but in my mind, it's more like just starting out, but I guess I'd been doing it for um, two years at that point, and I just, 2012 is when I started going national instead of, like, the first year was all within the state of Texas where I lived and just doing shows there, and then 2012, I started traveling outside the state, so that was um, pretty much the start of that, and just just, Really, uh, looking back on it, I was, like, learning a lot just constantly. I learned some stuff at that festival about painting from different, like, workshops that I still, like, randomly tell myself, you know, now when I'm doing things, like remind myself, you know, like, oh, do this Mm -hmm. or do that from, like – like Amanda Sage or whatever. She taught a you know? workshop on that one? Yeah, she taught a workshop, and then Mark Henson too. Uh-huh. And um, still, I still have, like, I can hear their voice in my head sometimes when I'm painting, being like, don't do this or do that. You know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah. And um, people are always ask me, like, did you go to art school? Did you go to art school? And I never did. But I was like, well, I did go to festivals, and a lot of my friends did go to art school. And so I just learned as much as I could from them, <laughs> like anything I could think. Right. Of. I love those little workshops. Yeah, where you can pick up new tricks. Oh my god, it's so concentrated on certain things of like what you really need to know specifically for art. Sometimes or like
0: right. Why well, spend years when you can just get it all on a weekend exactly. or at least like the gist of it at least. Learn
1: all this. Leave out all the stuff you don't really need to use and get that one thing you really need.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Totally. And since then, you've become a life painting madman. Uh,
1: You're like everywhere. Like this weekend, you're on both
0: festivals in the area
1: at the same time. Yeah. Well, uh, for a while there, I did um, like tours with uh, reggae bands. That's kind of where I was at that point. I was going to some festivals, and mainly I was just touring around with reggae bands. I did that for a long time. Like what bands? Uh, Revolution, Slightly Stupid, and I was just kind of like part of the band where I'd be one of the people on stage, mm-hmm. like one of the band members essentially, but I'd just be a painter, and I would paint like a whole painting for their set every night, and uh, we'd set up like a little vending booth and make a living that way. Um, but now we're really focused on festivals and not so much touring, Um I like festivals a little bit better because you don't have to be in a new city every night, which can get really taxing on you, like, Mm. physically, in all ways. At a festival, you get to go one place for a week. And then even if you're doing a festival every weekend, you're still only going one place a week, one place a week. So that's a little bit more manageable, like, mentally and emotionally and physically, obviously. Right. When you're touring that way.
0: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because the reggae bands would be, like, every single night. Or Or
1: even the DJs or anybody, any musician who's doing a tour, you know, like, I would those are great and i like doing i did one immersive uh last year but it's just uh the festivals really i think um provide you know um just as much impact and as getting your name out there whatever you're doing with your art and making you know money off of it whatever but um less travel expenses and trouble traveling (laughs) because you're only like traveling less cities but uh so yeah, we've been focused on festivals um, a lot over the last, uh, since 2018, 2019, just really heavily into uh, mainly electronic music festivals. And um, over the last two years, I've come together with uh, a group of people who are about you know five to 10 strong now, of uh, crew members, employees, or whatever, but they're really, uh, awesome other artists a lot of them that uh, work for me and have built we built a crew together that um they can go to the festival set up the whole booth uh some of them live paint so they'll live paint in front of the booth and um, i'm not there a lot of times and and they work really well all as a team and and they're doing great i'm super super grateful for them honestly um and so we're just building that up. That's kind of like where we've been at lately Just mm-hmm. that's how we can be in two festivals at once this weekend, as I have an amazing, uh, person named Poetry Roden, who's an artist herself, a painting poet, uh, here at soulfest. And she's been live painting and managing the vending booth and all the employees that work there. And then I, think I she
0: was here this weekend.
1: Yeah, she's here. Okay. And then, um, uh, I have, uh, one of our other managers, Dalton, um, he's amazing too and he just keep manages everybody and keeps track of everything and he's got a bunch of a crew out there that he works for Uh or has working with him and he manages so uh big shout out to those guys love you guys and um we just got on um a good friend who's kind of been in the background helping us a little bit but now he's our official tour manager and it's just a huge it's like becoming a big operation it's a lot of people and a lot of pieces and puzzle and it's uh super overwhelming and taxing in some ways but like sounds exhausting it is but the the um the difference is like uh it shout out my partner uh jen we have two daughters shout out jen she's also a big part of this and helped me start the whole thing and she does all the finances so like with everybody taking a different piece of the load that's the only way it's manageable mm-hmm. but it was all built the idea was also built around me being able to paint more and not have to like be traveling and running around and man doing all these things that aren't painting so mm-hmm. luckily it is a little exhausting but with everybody helping it actually makes it quite manageable mm-hmm. and, and quite exciting honestly because everybody is uh you know they take ownership and pride in their work and they're really like great you know at um you know making it their own and and taking responsibility for it on their own which is awesome I right. really pay people to do that if I, you know seems like you're, you're
0: growing your your life painting and your art into a whole company with a yeah. lot of people involved and uh, I was gonna ask you like does that compete with being at home with your, it does. With your, and, and your where your family and the, your kids
1: totally yeah that's uh, the where's constant. home um i have a house that i bought uh near greenville south carolina okay kind of out in the foothills of the appalachian mountains real pretty out there and um uh my daughters and their mom live out there and we you know it definitely it's been a struggle but it's like the grass is always going to be greener like if you're at home you want to be on you know out there doing be on the road and if you're at um out on the road, then you miss your oh, family. I'll take it, man. <laughs> Can you pass it to me?
0: That's so kind. Thank you. Do you uh, want the beer, or should I take the beer? I'm good. Okay, cool. I'll take the beer. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Christy, love. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cold beer for the right. interview. Anything oh, cold right with now? koozie's on top of it. Amazing. You do want some stickers? Yeah. A couple stickers for ya. Blessings. Yeah, no problem. Blessings. Thanks for the R. beer. RIP. Charles. I love that about, you know, festivals, the mm-hmm. friendliness and, uh, how it's just like nice to each other and, and you know, and yeah. your beer. and you know me uh, or, or you and just right. like, these guys could use a beer. What do you like about, uh, festival? festivals as that as your workplace this is your workplace most
1: like festivals are the breeding ground for culture so like it basically is like a a petri dish of like all these different ideas and and fads and trends and cultures that things that could become like you know substantial culture um habits or things are, are things that we remember this time by or they couldn't they could fade away real quick, like a fad, you know, or a super trend or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, a super trend. That's right? That
1: <laughs> just, like, hits real quick, it goes viral, and then you don't remember it next week or whatever. Wow. kind of. But then, like... What's that an
0: example of that?
1: Jeez. Um, there's so many, like, TikTok dances, you know, like, different uh-huh. stuff like that. Okay. You know? But um, I think that here is, like, the testing grounds for that. And things either catch on or they don't.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
1: see a bunch of them kind of rise up and go away and rise up and go away, and then some catch on. And then... From here goes more into mainstream festivals, and then from there it goes into the mainstream world like and saxophones
0: and electronic music.
1: Yeah, like just so you see all this happen, like dubstep, obviously, like it's in a car commercial now when it started, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh-huh. in, in Europe, at a in a garage or whatever. Like mm-hmm. the uh, the festival scene is basically like testing all that because it's all the young people, so they're just like they're the ones that are building the culture for the next generation. And it's like or, a bunch of yeah, like open-minded
0: hippies on drugs <laughs> doing well, all I'm these no, weird drugs. things. I'm not me. I, I drink a couple of beers, but, but a lot of <laughs> people do. I'd I be lying if I'd said no. no yeah. And it, like, it allows you to expand in so right, many ways. And,
1: and, and heavily psychedelic-focused drugs in the festivals that I go to, which I am a full advocate for. So like, um, I think that's part of it. I think um, it's just interesting to watch though because we've been doing it for like 10 years and you can see how like uh, they test the the ideas of our culture of their culture everybody does in these places and then they either bring them to the mainstream and then the mainstream as the people get older and they get real jobs and become like whoever in society they bring that and decide that's cool now Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying when it wasn't it was weird Back in the day this happens over and over again it's just a constant cycle mm-hmm. but I've noticed that this is the place that you can test that and like build yeah. that up so it's been kind of cool um, I think as uh, you know personally building your brand mm-hmm. which is what I feel like you should be thinking about as a, a self-employed artist as an entrepreneur as an artist like what's your brand and what does your brand represent and how can you build that brand and where do you want to build it at like mm-hmm. what crowd what niche what You know, where do you want to start that? There's, you know, huge companies who pay a lot of money to go out and not sell anything at a festival or, you know, just to build their brand, right? Mm -hmm. And as a small guy, entrepreneur, you know, self-employed person, it may not feel like that because you need to, you're worried about your next bill or paycheck and you need to sell things, but really you should be thinking about like what you're doing out there, like what impression you're making and what brand you're making because that brand is way more valuable than the amount of profit that you make in that weekend or that day, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, in the long long run, yeah, the brand could eventually be worth, like it could be an obey, you know? It could be a freaking echo, you know? Like, and that, we all know where that goes. So, like, essentially, like, um, I like this as the best place to build my brand because it's all people like-minded that I definitely, like in general, agree that we should all be good to each other, be peaceful, non-judgmental, like accepting and uh, and love each other. You know, like that's just a general rule out here. And I like that because I've done a bunch of different shows and I've tried everything. I've tried, you know, all kinds of places to sell art, you know, freaking uh, rodeo, you know, rap concert, any, I've dealt with all kinds of crowds. And I know that this is the crowd that I love, like electronic music, bass music, some jam bands. But in general, the more conscious theme music and those type of events where they get those kind of musicians together mm-hmm. is a general crowd that I like. I love selling my art to. I love interacting with. Like you said, I love gifts from, you know, and giving gifts too. So mm-hmm. that's definitely one of the best things about festivals.
0: How would you compare a festival like this, like this festival, Soulfest, is like EDM, but it's not mm-hmm. too far from Tipper, it's just electronic music, yeah, yeah. Uh, but different kinds of electronic music, which perhaps is a different kind of hippie, but uh, w- how would you compare electronic music festivals to say a reggae festival, which seems to be a totally different crowd, but with a little bit of a,
1: you know, blend. Um, you know, it's a, just a huge difference in the, the vibe. You know, it's a a little bit older crowd. I feel like in the reggae community, which is creates a difference in the vibe. And um, I really like. I do a lot of electronic music shows, so when I do a reggae show, I actually really love it because it's the it's got a lot more soul you know, like you can, it, it's a real, you know, it's a, it's a band of people playing instruments yeah. and someone's singing and you yeah. can hear like some the lyrics really, are more. Yeah, clear. exactly. So like, I actually, you know, miss it a little bit from how much I used to do it to the point where when I go do them, I'm like, Oh, this feels so good. You know, it's like a really like peaceful, like nice chill vibe. Sometimes it gets a little, little exciting, but it's mainly just like relaxing and happy uh-huh. whereas electronic music varies it could be very relaxing and happy or very extreme like yeah. like metal you know like <laughs> yeah like headbanging like uh-huh. you know like crazy stuff so like that I love too I like all spectrums for different times however I'm feeling you know you yeah. like all kinds of music so like um I think that that's the thing that you got to be ready for with electronic music it could go anywhere Whereas reggae, you kind of know what you're getting into and everybody's there to kind of chill. It's got a generalized similar yeah, beat. Yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe that makes it a little bit like less exciting or monotone.
1: Um, it matters because I know some of those reggae bands so well and I've been painting to their songs so well that I know all the lyrics. So even though it may be more potentially chill or whatever, I mean, not always, but I, since I know the lyrics, I'm like singing them, yeah, yeah, yeah. freaking out. Whereas, uh, the beat uh, on electronic music, yeah, you know, sometimes yep. lyrics, but in general, it's like a beat. Do you thing. have a preference, or are you like them equally? Um, I like electronic music better. Uh-huh. I feel like it's easier to, uh, it get get excited, honestly, and get me like even no matter what mood I'm in, it'll get me like pumped. Uh uh-huh. You know, to do it most yeah. almost all the music. If it's really, like, slow electronic music, I usually, that's not usually what I paint with, but in general, I like, like, exciting electronic music, and um, I found that it definitely is just more exciting at the show. Like, people are more, like, up and awake and, like, ready to talk to you. Different kinds of drugs, too. Different kinds of drugs is a major difference in the crowd, and that's one of the reasons that I like it, honestly, is because when you're on psychedelics or, like, uh, endorphin-raising drugs, like... You're way more likely to first like go get out of your show and go talk to the artist about what they're doing. And you're more likely to go up and and potentially, you know, buy something, remember them, get their card. Um, You're like super interested in it because you're like, you know, tripping or whatever. But when you're on like weed and alcohol, which is the general jug of choice at a reggae show, we all know that weed and alcohol are more depressing or more introvert send you more introverted. And so obviously, alcohol can make you more extroverted but in general it's a depressant yeah. and weed definitely makes you more introverted and the you know and that being the vibe and then they both definitely help you forget things easier so if you're trying to remember someone to go look them up on the internet afterwards and all that, like I did this for years, So I definitely like played the statistics and like figured out like what was going on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, yeah, the influence, the drugs of choice are definitely one of the biggest difference in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I prefer the, the electronic music scene because um, everybody's got a lot of energy. I I, like I said I'm an advocate for psychedelics so I love that people come look at my art on psychedelics I'm sure you do too it makes it like this whole other world that they can see that like you can't really see just like being drunk or whatever you know it actually does the opposite almost when you're in that situation so um, definitely my preference. I saw you at uh, Reggae Rising.
0: Recently. Reggae Rise Up. Yeah, yeah I didn't see that, you. I, I mean, didn't. Did we say hi to each other? I don't think. Every time I went to see you, you were oh, gone. Oh, there. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: I filmed you from up in the stands. Oh, and I remember seeing
1: your, your story.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think you were performing for Kali I never saw you.
1: Sorry, I didn't see you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we didn't see you in person because you were always like going from stage to stage to stage. Yeah, that was hectic. A, that was a hectic. But that march. was a huge crowd. So, it, from my perception. It seems like at least white reggae is huge. And like those concerts no. have like a big,
1: uh, at least from what I'm seeing. It from that like, was a very, uh, that, that specific event has been going on for a long time. Uh-huh. has a huge following. Yeah. And it's very well done. Uh-huh. And very well like marketed. And in, in the right place too for it also. Because like right. Florida. Florida reggae. You know. chill vibe. So yeah, exactly. So, so that
0: one's huge, but not every single one.
1: They do great. I, I toured with Revolution Slice Stupid. They would sell out places, you know, ten, fifteen thousand people every night, you know. Wow. Um, it all depends. Um but in general, I feel like electronic music is definitely bigger because it's it's the new It's becoming mainstream. Yeah, it's way more yeah, there's obviously big like Coachella, like huge mainstream electronic music festivals and then there's underground. There's it's so diverse. And reggae is essentially like like recycled a little bit you know what i'm saying like they're obviously the original reggae we both know wasn't even anything like what, what i'm talking about like what right. are the bands that i toured with these are all bands from like california different places that are american reggae rock is mm-hmm. what they would call it you okay. know essentially and um i feel like that always has a good following but it's not like uh, what's happening with electronic music is this like new genres are being created and so the whole new followings are being built from start which mm-hmm. means they have just places to grow forever mm-hmm. essentially whereas reggae you know it It all started from like sublime at this point with all the bands I'm talking about. Uh They're, you know. That's like a
0: 90s crowd. That's why it's older people in their 40s or even 50s. And I'm a 90s kid. Yeah. You know, know exactly. I I like it better. Like, you know, I've I've been better in a reggae concert than than here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I can see that. But, you
0: know, not that I try to get into this, but like, I'm fine with it too. You know, it's like, oh, different flavors. It's all humans. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Different generations too. And like, here it's like kids going nuts you know yeah it's like, hey great i used to be that way maybe like right. punk styles but hey i also expressed life to a fullest totally you know totally
1: yeah i can't judge anybody out here so i'm like for i know like i've I, we both obviously chilled out from whenever we were you know in our crazy uh, days and stuff but uh i'm not breaking this beer bottle on my head yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I, I, up beer. I will because it's cold but <laughs> um I think that uh, it's important to be out here and like, uh, even though it's like, I mean, there are a lot of young people, but there are also a lot of people that are our age too, it's funny, like a lot of people that are behind the scenes are running things, Mm -hmm. are actually the same age as as we are, and um, I like... We're the performers at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though we're not that old, we're in, in our 40s, what's your age? Yeah, 40. Yeah. So... And I feel like it's important, though, to, um, you know, be an example, be a leader, be a uh, A role uh, model, role model, Uh, whatever, quote unquote, role model, Ah. an inspiration, whatever, like to uh, just uphold like certain principles or, you know, certain things that you stand for that I stand for. Um, And in the scene for the young people, I mean, I think it's important not to like, oh, I'm old. I need to fucking get out of here or whatever, like. No one I talk to seems to care like how old I am. They like care what your art is like and what you're putting forth into the community. You know, and the uh, thing
0: I think these kids are looking for role models that are not as old and lame as their parents, but are kind of like in the middle. Like, oh, he's old enough that he's got you know he's been around the block a couple times, mm-hmm. but he's also cool. Right. So I can trust you know
1: their yeah. influence. Yeah, because I remember whenever I came out of my house, I you didn't I don't know what my parents like. I thought my parents knew everything or maybe they didn't, but I didn't know what the fuck because of how I was raised like was right or wrong in some ways, but just being like exposed to religion and different things that I didn't necessarily believe in. and I was just like, what is life about and and it's nice to meet other adults when you're in that kind of like questioning period of your life, usually like anywhere from eighteen to twenty five and you're trying to figure out what the fuck's life about was what I was taught even real and meet other people who kind of have like at least the belief for the, a good theology a belief for their life and they're functioning adults. And you're like, okay, well maybe my parents weren't totally right. Or maybe my grandparents weren't fucking right when they told me I'm going to, you know, go to hell for drinking this beer or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, So, uh, yeah, it's definitely cool to, uh, to be that for people out here, be that for my crew. A lot of my crew is a lot younger than me and just be, uh, the person that they can look up to and, show them how if you work hard and smart and you know put your energy into it you can create your dream you can create your own fantasy world of being an artist traveling around the world you
0: know as you know mm-hmm. <laughs> well you seem to go once again you seem to go like super hard you're like at every fucking show I'm like holy shit I would <laughs> never have that energy or even motivation like uh, how come you're so ambitious? Not that that's a bad thing, but like, <laughs> where does that level of ambition and energy and 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 hunger to crush come from? Is it staying? Is it mellowing down now that you got more support? Is it, are you gonna keep on going hard forever, or do you think it's something you gotta do it in your 30s? to get enough momentum to then roll more smoother in your 40s and 50s etc
1: yeah i think it was at first just trying to get my name out there and trying to also make it a real full-time job so in that case i would need to work all the time and for me my work was live shows i wasn't really like i would focus on the internet a little bit and i did focus a lot over obviously the pandemic and stuff but uh in general i liked um making money at live shows and doing the live performance i really really felt uh, natural and called to paint live uh, as a performance and not like a lot of painters you know just bring their painting out and they work on it and it's not like a performance but for me it was like channel the energy of the music and let like almost like you're dancing and and flowing and uh maybe like you know like Casting spells stirring up energy, whatever you want to call it into the canvas and creating this whole like magical experience For for me, you know, I don't care. You know, whatever anybody sees but like for me inside It feels like some supernatural thing that's going on because it all happens so fast You're And there's energy. thousands of people there and the music's loud and all this stuff's going on. It's just like a super powerful feeling and, um, so I definitely got hooked on that part and um and I always um, from the very beginning of wanting to do this, like when I first you know found out about the law of attraction and started practice meditation and started building this whole idea that I could even become a full time artist in my head, I was like, "Well, what's your goal? Yeah, you know, set so the biggest goal possible that you could ever set and and my goal was like be the best like most well-known fucking well you know successful artist I could ever possibly be in life like uh whatever that means for me you know like um back then before I think I was a little more naive I was like I'm gonna be the best ever you know is what my first official goal but then as I became more mindful about reality and life I was like well what that that's not even realistic like what does that even mean? Because the best ever is uh, A subjective.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. So you can never, best ever to who? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's right. like, okay. Who's the so, judge of that? So to you. right? Yeah, you know, Best ever to yourself. Uh-huh. And that's what made the most sense. So now it's like. That's best liberating. Ever, yeah, exactly. Because that, that I whole could be.
0: competitive thing where it's like you want to beat some other artist. Exactly. It's like, I could never beat that artist to the fan of that artist that artist resonates with what she does yeah and i can be the best chris ever but they still rather have her flavor because that's more resonant with them
1: they speak her art language yeah so
0: you just got to be the best you and then find your audience that resonates with you
1: exactly
0: and that's like liberating because then you don't have to be in this like competition with your brothers and sisters, right. with, with that we're all together coming to, under the same intention of like lifting the vibes of the world. Totally. Do you feel you, or express to me how you've observed you lifting the vibes of the world through what, what you've done? Like when you connect with your fans or even your workers Um, or like. Yeah,
1: I definitely hear from people that they're inspired to like start painting again, start doing art when they see me doing my thing. And um, I have a lot of good friends that are other artists that are just, you know, starting out or have been doing it for a few years and trying to come up with their stuff. So those are some of my, you know, favorite um, people to talk to and, and encourage and um some of the most fulfilling like you know moments is seeing those people become successful and seeing them like create their own business and and just like build just amazing like uh transformation of of you know their what they thought they could do with their art and what they could they thought they could do to make a living off of their art and pay their bills and uh, that's one of the main things I focus I love teaching people how to uh, other artists too, how to like make art if they come up and ask me um, but one of but my main thing that I love to f- uh, focus on is teaching them how to make money off their art because I think that's like super more like anybody can teach you how to paint or whatever but it, not anybody can actually teach you how to make money off your art it's a very like specific art itself right and um And so I think that that, you know, it's like you teach a man to fish, you know, and they feed themselves forever kind of thing Mm -hmm. instead of just teaching them, like, how to, like, go hustle right now for the moment, you know. So um, those are some things that, you know, people have told me, like, that they've used that information to, you know, create their own uh, success stories with Mm -hmm. their art. And that's, that's like, where my heart lies for sure, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I'm most passionate about because we're not going to be here forever. So, like, (laughs) it's. Mm Nobody's gonna know all the shit in your head unless you start telling them, <laughs> right. you know, and like let it pass on. So I think that's real important. I like to do that too. I teach uh, out totally. in my
0: workshops. I my usual workshop is four days, and two of the days is dedicated to like this is what you gotta do. Day two is the lifestyle of being an artist and all the things you gotta line up around your life just to keep on doing your art and make that your life. And day three is like okay, let's make some money, and it's like a four-hour speech it's like okay now you gotta get an accountant promotion and it's like it's like a lot of things like a the biggest job like i think in my in my career i'm mostly doing that and not that much painting
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah recently it's been you spend i spend about probably six to eight hours a day running my company mm-hmm. and i just recently and i spend about hopefully two to four hours a day painting maybe and that's if i paint that day
0: yeah and then you if it's a day.
1: family day then some days i just gotta go spend day, time with my kids which is you know i'm totally happy to do um but the funny part is that's also one of the reasons i enjoy coming to these shows so much is because when I get up in my position to paint, usually um, there's so much going on. There's so much noise and stuff, even though I'm around a bunch of people, it's like I'm isolated and I'm in my own little space. Whereas when I'm at home, any interruption that comes to me, you got to pay takes take priority, you. takes oh. way priority. It's like a kid or your business or your house or your dog, or you know what I'm saying? Like it's all these things that you can't be like, well, hold on. Like if someone comes up to me and I'm painting something, I want to finish something. Like yeah, just wait, bro. Like I'm painting, you know. Uh At the show, you know. I can't do that. I always, I always like totally stop and pay attention to the fan. I'm really good at ignoring everybody, uh, even if they're like shaking me and stuff. And they don't get offended or hurt. I don't really care. I'm painting, so like if you stop me like while my brush is touching the paintbrush, the canvas, it would be to me it's the same level of you grabbing the DJ's hand while he's touching the knob. Right. To me, so like. That's pretty much or like shaking him while he's on the stage, like yeah. DJing. Like that's in my mind what's going on. Yeah. So I've gotten to the point where I don't really stop for that situation anymore, uh-huh. which is really liberating. But yeah. luckily I also have a bunch of people standing around me, usually crew members, managers and stuff, ready. Their Their job is to talk to people talk to and people for promote you and hand out cards and stuff. Yeah. So I don't really uh, necessarily ever have to do that part. Um, just the, you know, people want to say hi or whatever. Obviously I do that. But if I'm painting, it's like, I'm in the zone. So, so it's like my studio. It's like being out here is almost like my studio in some ways. And I get the most painting done out here. Right. And the most work.
0: I don't have that much luck. Uh, you know, if I'm spray painting people stop me and I feel like half my job is to connect with the fans who wanna see me and give me a hug and give me a and connect enough and then go back into the mural. But with a mural I got days and I take all afternoons. So mm-hmm. There's not a rush. Um if I'm painting canvas, that's slower and I do wanna get going. But it's almost worse. If I'm open, like say a Gem and jam. it's like it becomes like a lineup of people coming to talk to me. And I don't even get to touch my canvas at all. But I'm not of the personality to be like, yo, I'm painting. Come back later. I would feel so I'm bad. I'm really
1: good at talking while I paint, too, if they're really going to push it and just start talking to me. I just keep painting while they're talking. And then eventually they just leave because they're not going to. They know I'm not. I mean, not eventually. Obviously, some people just want to hang out and watch me paint, too. So they'll talk to me while I paint forever. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I've gotten really comfortable with that situation. And I encourage artists to just completely ignore people, honestly. Like all the live painters who complain about, oh, I didn't get any paint, all these people walking up to me. Well, just try ignoring them. Or you put a T-shirt that perhaps on the back says, like, I'm painting, talk to me later. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I encourage y'all, and I'm doing this for y'all. All you artists watching this right now, I know you are. Um, I'm ignoring people for y'all just so they know how rude it is when they interrupt us. Yeah, and they know me. Y'all know me. So they they're like, "Oh, Morpheus, fuck. Wait, I get it. He's painting. Maybe I shouldn't have fucking grabbed his arm while I- making a fucking brush. Stroke. Right?
0: No, that no. Don't <laughs> fucking touch me. I I don't like it when people are like really on acid and they really get get all up in your junk. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like I need my my personal space. And once again, I'm not a personality to be like, yo, back off, dude.
1: Never. I, I would know. never tell anybody to back off. But I give my hug, you know, instantly. I just be like, all right, bro, let's
0: hug it out. I love but you. I, I would kindly be like, hey, man, like you're a little bit too close. And, um, I need I need my space here. Like I, I, I got an aura.
1: I just like. Like either I, I feel like I can say it without saying it it's uh-huh. just like this energy you could kind of portray sometimes but uh but yeah a little rain um would you say you're
0: mostly a live painter compared to say a studio painter
1: See, it's about it's about half and half because I'm very like um, disciplined with my schedule so, especially when I'm at home, but obviously out here, if you anybody knows me, like all I do out here is work uh the whole time I'm here. So, but when I'm at home, I have very like specific times, like it's almost like working out every day. Got to paint every day. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got so good at painting, like I never took any classes. It was just like repetitions. For all y'all that want to know how you get good, just like paint a thousand paintings, pay 2000 paintings and learn from it. So, uh I every day Two to four hours every day. Two to four hours that you can like. Obviously, there's days where you gotta go. Like I said, I got kids. I gotta spend time with them on Saturdays. Fucking family day. I don't do painting that day. Usually, unless I can get in the morning while they're at martial arts. But, um, but yeah. So I think that's really important. Uh, I thought of it like uh, at one point. You know, I thought about pro athletes and how they train. They're in the gym. They're in the track. They're in the field. They're every day. You know, they, that's not a thing it's the really good ones the pros that you know their name because they're that famous those guys train every day Mm. so if you want to be the best that you could be it's every day
0: yeah you know what i'm
1: saying it's it's muscle memory it's everything like it builds all that obviously you know so what's your medium acrylic on canvas Uh uh-huh and i use uh water to blend it a little bit but and what's your subject matter? So does it change per Uh show. Yeah, it's very versatile, but in general, it's a, um, like, I do take a lot of uh, paintings um, inspiration from what's going on at the show, what's going on around me, what's going on at that time. Uh, like, I just left Tipper and Friends and I painted this, I incorporated Mario into the painting because I just went and saw that uh, Mario movie, mm-hmm. and so, and the question mark block is a classic tipper thing also. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh, I could do the question mark block and then I can like hide Mario and Luigi in there. Right, and right. And then, uh, so it's, you know, it's, I do a lot of, I feel like almost documenting what's going on in the yeah. moment uh-huh. and uh, in the in the festival, and the event, in that time period with the music that we're listening to. And um, I feel like that's really important because not a lot of people are, which is fine. A lot of people are just painting whatever they want, like whatever pretty picture. But, like, the people that are really documenting what's going on right here are creating relics of this time that we may, at some point, or may not, may look back and be like, whoa, remember this thing that happened? And this is the only, like, one of the only paintings that anybody even did of that
0: Yeah, Yeah, you thing. can't show your, yeah. your base nectar canvases
1: anymore right. Well, I mean, it matters to who. But, yeah, I, I don't really have any. Okay. <laughs> I, I definitely... Either sold or got rid of all of them. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Well, I didn't really have that many left, but um, yeah, it's funny how uh, that can happen with uh, music uh, tribute uh, art. That's like Space tribute Jesus to music.
0: canvas. I don't know. Right. Like, I don't know if you did those. Neither, yeah, but... definitely,
1: definitely. Um, that is is a funny thing, but I feel like you're still documenting like what happened at that time and. I'm. St- I still paint tributes to musicians. Like that doesn't discourage me to from painting tributes to musicians that I appreciate. um mm-hmm. So I think that you definitely um, shouldn't be driven by money for it. Essentially, it should be something that you want to do. Yeah. So that. You gotta be been-
0: authentic in your showing of love for that yeah efficient. whatever
1: it is like just, don't just do it because you're going to sell it which right. i have you know been in both sides of that field and been like oh i need to do this this will sell. oh i need do this but um i've you know had at one point had a really strong realization that like your legacy of what you're making as an artist what you're going to leave behind as far as your artwork and what people think that either you like wanted to paint about or you were capable of painting and uh and so i think every artist should consider that too like what are you leaving behind and what do people see as your like what you were able to create mm-hmm. and that that created some issues with me for i used to paint really really fast and perform where i'd paint a whole painting for a show like in a few hours or whatever and or even like an hour or like really fast sometimes you know but i could only paint so detailed and so you know qu- good quality in that amount of time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I um, realized that even though at the end of the show, someone buys a painting and it feels really good because you painted this painting real quick and someone buys it, down the road, that painting's on a wall, a hundred years later, it's in a museum, all of a sudden your name's on it and that's the best painting that anybody knows you've ever done. Even yeah. though it was like done you in two, you do three hours, way better, but it's just like your quick little, I did it as a performance piece, and you have all these paintings out there now, like you're out there doing performance pieces, and people think, yeah, that's the extent of yeah, your art That's how good
0: he is, mm-hmm. while you're like, fuck, you know? Yeah, like Way better than that. Do you feel that? you're kind of shooting yourself on the foot by having half your delivery be this
1: speed painting, live performance? Well, I don't do that anymore. Okay. So I stop doing that, and I take as long as I want to on paintings. Uh, people still think I'm, I'm fast, but to me, I feel like a lot slower because I don't put a time limit on it. Um I used to put more of a time limit on it. Yeah, I slowed it down to like, even like as long as the festival weekend, I was like, okay, I got to get done by then. But then like, just really like in the last year or so, I've been like, no time limits. Like every painting, let's just take it to the maximum that I could push it to, even though like someone's offering me like a bunch of money for it right now wants to take it, whatever reason, no. Like the painting is the quality of the painting is more important than all of that. Mm. And all of like your business, like I'm running a business here, I need to get products out. And you know, like, but you can't treat your originals like that, you know, it's got to be like more special than that. And, um, or at least for me. And um, it's been, felt really liberating to nice. like not feel so much pressure. Um, a lot of that freedom comes from making merchandise and having crews of people that sell my merchandise and having that income that frees me up from the pressure of having to sell originals. Right. Even though I do sell plenty of originals, now it kind of actually feeds each other because then you're selling a bunch of merch, people want to buy your original, you know you know how it goes. So it's like, right. uh, um, it's interesting that now I'm not like so worried about getting an original done or selling someone's original or doing a painting for someone mm-hmm. that people want to buy them all the time, you know? It's right. like funny how the universe laughs at you like that a little bit.
0: Totally, well good for you. I. I... Rather see you delivering the best of you and yes. show your uh, potential and quality mm-hmm. to become legendary than somebody who's just like putting out like exactly hot guys, yeah, the you know, yeah, just exactly. to like make a, like, a quick buck. Totally, but then what are you leaving behind? Yeah. You know, I just uh, I was looking at this uh koozie, the, the Charles I crown foundation, uh-huh. pour one out for Charles. Yeah. So I'm just gonna pour the in the my beer. Charles the <laughs> first
1: did you ever paint a painting about him yeah I painted a painting of Charles the first pretty much like two days after he died mm-hmm. um I was pretty like deep into that specific electronic music scene I'd seen him I think two weeks before I was live painting with him mm-hmm. at a show in Florida and uh I sent the original to his mom as a gift. Wow! And then we uh, we made a bunch of prints and just gave them away to everybody at the booth. Like made a certain amount each event, and then just gave whatever we could make that event away. And that's such a good vibe. Yeah, yeah. That was cool to like just see the community kind of come together and help each other like through the loss or whatever. So, Mm. but yeah, the
0: best out of something bad.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So tell me about the uh, collaboration with Anya. How's, what, oh, yeah. what's that called? What What's the story and where are you guys at these days?
1: Yeah, uh, Anya is my painting partner. Uh, we started a company called Anamorphosis Art, which is um, all of our collaboration paintings and the merch that's made out of those. And we've been doing it for 10 years. Um, we started just, we met each other at, swanee where i just came from and we're both independent artists uh very driven uh one thing i noticed about her uh, like me that she's very business minded and very entrepreneur like she had a lot of entrepreneur skills mm-hmm. and already been knocked down that road a little bit like or a lot you know working on her own thing and so that really in- enticed me to do uh, business with her and create the company with her because um, she had a lot of, you know, strengths and attributes coming from her background in business and running, running her own businesses. And, um, I had my own like hustle and things that I'd, I had known and, um, skills in painting. And we, and so we both also realized that we like to paint really fast and we could paint really fast and make like, uh, you know, decisions about paintings on the spot live really quickly. So... You just keep going on that
0: one. <laughs> Good luck. I am a door.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so uh, we went um, around the country. We toured around the country with the, all those reggae bands together. Um, we uh, did a bunch of festivals together. We would set up our booth as Anamorphous Art all around the country together. Um, at one point, we did that was more of my full-time thing than Morphous Art, and I was just working with her a lot um and we you know we built each other up we kind of helped each other grow into who we are today in a lot of ways as far as live painters and and learning from each other um and you know uh these days we still work uh, more periodically because we're both like kind of building up our own big you know um different projects and things that yeah, we've been working on situation yeah and it's always been a side project uh-huh. but uh sometimes we do it more than others sometimes we could combine it with our own projects that we're working on and do it with like we'll set up my booth and our booth and her booth and like all together some events you know so um we definitely like keep it keep it going but um it's it's been just like this really cool you know um experience with another person where you can. We both have the same intentions that we want to inspire people to um, know that they have the power to create their own reality through, you know, um, meditation, through being mindful, through focusing on what they want in the reality and taking steps towards that. And we like to paint about that that like you can create this world instead of being forced into what you feel is shoved on you in your life, and um, and follow you know create your dream of whatever you know your goal is. So. We try to paint about that, try to paint about mindfulness, meditation, you know, it's a big uh, theme in our work, uh, environmental consciousness. Um, and it's nice because uh, when I really started realizing what our artwork was together as its own entity, it felt more like this, like delicate, like feminine side of my work or our. it's a, our work, but, you know, side of me coming out in the, in the collaborations that I um, was trying to kind of fit in my own work at the time. But it didn't necessarily fit. You know, I, I personally, I'm not so delicate and feminine, obviously. And I wanted to paint like really intense stuff and like hardcore stuff. But then I was kind of worried that I would offend people, you know, we're in a very nice, pleasant, peaceful community. So I didn't want to paint like things that are too like, edgy, or. but that's kind of how I am. I'm a kind of an edgy person sometimes. So like, um she kind of gave me this outlet where i could put that a lot of that into this like delicate feminine like very conscious like nurturing side of the artwork and then then allowed me to go like really deep into like the crazy like super psychedelic super trippy like just you know whatever um edgy art that i like to do more so you know and uh it's cool. It was almost like I, I thought a lot about my favorite um, musician, Maynard from Tool. Okay. And he has a Tool is his main band, but he also has a Perfect Circle, mm. and it's another really popular band that he's a lead singer. And that's essentially what he did with those two bands: is one's a masculine, and one's a feminine. Mm. Since we both have those parts, and he talks about it that way, um, and it kind of makes sense. Tool is like a phallic reference, and then <laughs> a Perfect Circle is like you know, yeah. a interesting. Circle,
0: right? I never saw it that so,
1: way. So. Um, so, yeah, that, that's been a really awesome dichotomy or whatever, like dualism to my art and my life as I could to being able to express it in these different avenues and being able to reach different audiences in completely different ways where my like Morphous art can go to like more of a younger, edgier, like crowd that can handle it. And then the Animorphous art could go to even an older, more delicate, like gentler crowd. But both of them have the same intention of like mm-hmm. opening your mind. Making you more aware of yourself, aware and all that. So.
0: On your webpage, do you have like,
1: uh, of course, you got your own
0: art and brand, but would you have like a section that's the collabo? No, the we products? have a
1: separate company altogether, okay. separate website. Does have we like up, a
0: link that leads to? I do that? have a link
1: on my site to there, but mm-hmm. we have our own following. And uh, that was one thing that we did, I think. Uh, well, not a lot of people have like, hundreds to like potentially a thousand paintings together i don't know how many paintings i painted with Anya, but we have a lot of paintings together and we can potentially you know make items out each other we have digital copies and everything so it's just a lot there it's its own company it's its own like entity because it has all of that and we both put time into building it up um you know together uh as far as all the stuff you have to do for your company all the stuff i do make for my company we split it and we're like, all right, you do this, you do that. And we'll build it. We we modeled it after our own companies, obviously. You know, you're like, uh-huh. oh, I'm doing this thing. Let's do it for our stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you're doing that thing. Let's try it out with anamorphosis art and let's see if it works for that. And uh, sometimes it's the test gummy, which is kind of cool. We can test it on that company mm-hmm. and be like, does this work? Like, does this? Work? Okay, it did work there. Let's try it on our stuff, you know? So right. it's kind of cool to have multiple companies that test things sometimes uh-huh. and not go all in on yours or all in on that one. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah so it's it's own entity own separate own you know social media um we're not as active on there and we obviously we don't paint as much as we paint our own individual stuff but it is i think one of the smartest things you can do if you do work a lot with another artist to um uh, form a separate entity because otherwise those paintings will get lost in the mix of mm. whose it is you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. oh that's just the Morpheus art and it already could is a little bit still kind of My- hard to define that a little bit and i'm sure that potentially happens with you like positive creations and chris dyer like is this two different things the same thing you or know galactic like
0: gang their
1: galactic or- gang right when you start naming certain things but um i think i think it could be really helpful if you are any artist out there like you just end up collaborating with your favorite person Maybe think about starting your own company because you could have a brand there that if you learn how to to, uh, build a a good machine, your company that runs on its own potentially, like you get it right, um, then you can apply that to your other brand too. And you can have multiple brands in this like, you know, whatever, selling stuff online, having people sell it at events and like Mm -hmm. um, build it up that way. So, you know, that's a great way to start multiple brands is collaborations.
0: How – where do you do better sales
1: online or in person at the booth in person but i haven't put the time or the money into online okay like i learned i took time to learn what it would take to make that profitable and i realized that's a full-time job and i didn't want to do that (laughs) i was like like you know marketing campaigns and whatever like uh, all the things that it takes to really crush it online and i realized i just need to pay someone to do that so i've been focusing more since then on building up the crews that sell things in person because I was already doing that and I'm already kind of thriving there And then as as that's becoming more set and done and running well We're now in the next six months really going to be focusing online. Just rebuild my website. I had someone uh, rebuild my website shout out JD and uh, and we're just going to be going from there making more you know strategic moves to organize and um, figure out how to um, make online more successful and profitable. But, you know, everybody I'm sure knows like social media is like comes in waves, obviously, and is like we all remember what it was <laughs> in the last like and, 10 years. Depend on it anymore. and you can't necessarily depend on it anymore. But it's like the phone book. If you get if you get your name out there, if people want to buy stuff from you, they are going to come find you through there. Uh-huh. So that won't ever change. Essentially, whether yeah. you can reach people, it's like a yellow page. Yeah. yeah, it's like the yellow pages. So the point is, just go out and and you know get your name out there, build your brand, interact, be social. Because then those people will come talk to you and DM you. Uh-huh. They might not see your post until they do that, but still, like treat it like the phone book. You got all these references. Uh-huh. Um, and i feel like there you can still make plenty of money off of social media if you um if you are consistent and you don't worry about the numbers you worry about you don't worry about the numbers of likes follows or follow or like comments or any of that you worry about the numbers of dollars in your bank account how much profit and sales did you do off of your interactions because like I know plenty people who make, you know, a full time living off of ten thousand followers, twenty thousand followers. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, I have thirty thousand followers, and I have a full company where I pay multiple people's, you know, salary. So like, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't take a bunch of followers. That's an old game. The new game is quality interaction, yeah. quality. That they're really fans. Yeah, like, really take time to talk through. to those people, build those relationships, be consistent, put be consistent who you are on there, like put out consistent, you know, um, intentional, what your intention, who you, who you are as a person. But, um, I think that it's, it shouldn't be as discouraging as a lot of people think. I think when everybody bitches about social media, I'm like, you attract what you, get. <laughs> like, you get attract what you put out there. Like, uh, like you could still make this work. It's all in your head. So like, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to think, oh, I've been posting for a week now. No one's DM me or, you know, it's an endless sea. But it's it's a lot harder to get up and work every day and go DM 10 or 20 people. Go find people at festivals and get their Instagram and talk to them and go interact with them. Don't be selfish. Like, go fucking show people love. Go talk to them about what they want to talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so like there's plenty it's – a, it's a massive leap forward in the world that we grew up in in the 90s where you didn't have this world that you could easily just in a second come your fucking really. bed, run your company, and talk uh, to people and <laughs> make deals. And you know what I'm saying? Like right. you can essentially do everything we're doing here at the festival. That's what I tell people. It's like you're at a giant festival online essentially and you have all your art right behind you because it's at your website. It's attached to everything you got. So what do you do at the festival? You go talk to people. You go interact. If you don't have sales, you don't have anybody to buy anything, at that point, you need to go start talking to people about your art. You need to go start talking to people about whatever so they get interested so you can tell them why they should buy it or whatever. Uh-huh. And it's do the same thing on social. It's go be social. And you don't have to promote hella. You just have to have all your shit in a line, all your stuff organized. Have your what links up have your website ready have everything ready uh-huh but that's not the thing for me it's like the more genuine friends in the internet community that you're building they naturally buy stuff they're naturally going to support you if you you know do that so mm-hmm. yeah obviously like we know social used to be crazy and there was like a peak and the golden years of facebook where you could make thousands of dollars in an instant mm-hmm. and all those comments and fucking reactions instantly it was like some kind of heroin or crack that we got exposed to, and we're all like fucking now just like fiending walking around like trying to shove the phone in our vein, like you know what I'm saying like uh it's it's not that though like um it's it's um that kind of fucked us up, but like I said, it's a directory, and it'll always be a directory and uh-huh. utilize it as such, you know right,
0: so a little bit of a of a trickier question um. What's your opinion on uh, Renegade life Painting? Do you feel it's uh, disrespectful to the festival that curates a certain lineup? Or do you think that artists should go just out there and put themselves out and try to get their attention one way or another, and that will be the way that they catch the attention of the curators that then uh, will invite you to a lineup?
1: I think that you should renegade live paint and renegade anything as much as the fuck you want. Like you, that's how I built my whole company is all one big renegade. I am just one, I'm just a renegade. And, uh, somehow now I've, I've become somewhat official here and there, but I generally renegade a lot of stuff anyway, still, and just go live paint where the fuck I want. Um, personally, I am very, um, safe. I have kids. I think a lot, a lot of fucking safety things, and I'm very like mindful of safety of all the people around me and the worst possible thing that could happen and trying to prepare for those things. So whenever I do go renegade, I also take that into account. So that's why I personally have, you know, been very successful renegading is because I'm very respectful and mindful of all the motherfuckers around me that could be flipping out where they could go, what could happen and I've seen a lot of shit. Um, so I can kind of like remember like, this crazy thing happened, let's prepare for that. So, you know, I'm all for renegading obviously, like I said, renegade, 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 do your thing. Have
0: you ever gotten in trouble and had like a organizer try to kick
1: you out or gotten in fights for it? Uh, Not that I can remember. I'm sure I have gotten kicked out of somewhere or something I don't remember anything specifically honestly because it's definitely like a very you know Aww. minor thing like very rare okay honestly actually uh, that anybody would ever kick me out of anything it's it's been it's probably when I first started maybe oh okay when I first started painting is like I'm talking like months into live painting I went to this like random free concert downtown Houston we just bust all this stuff in through security they didn't care and we are like, okay. And it was like blue October and all these famous people. And we are like, go upstage, set up in the painting. All these people were watching. They had no reason to be there, nothing. And the people for the event were kind of like into it. And then all of a sudden, one of my people with me handed someone like a business card. And they swooped us and like, you got to get out of here. No one said you could be here. And you're handing out c- cards, a promotion. So that happened. But uh, that was like a <laughs> long-ass time ago. But
0: uh, so you're kind of like, you know, as much as perhaps... A curator has decided to invite a particular set of artists uh, and leave some people out just because they got certain resources. Uh, you're at the same time giving them like a free performer that uh-huh. adds, you know, uh, an attraction to the festival or event. So totally. It's not necessarily like bad. It's just about like... Safety.
1: Safety is the biggest issue. Okay. what and- What would be unsafe? Uh, just crowds, massive crowds of people can be very unsafe and the easels can be, you know, blocking um, pathways or uh, if there's an emergency and everybody needs to exit, everything's like that. Like, you've got to be very like mindful of that fire codes and all of that. So like, I think as long as that's taken to an account, um, it it's okay. And there's plenty of ways to be safe. One of my number one things is if you are renegating, back up like put the back of your easel up against a solid structure like don't be freestanding out in the middle of the crowd that's stupid you could get trampled like imagine everybody just runs because something crazy happened oh wow you know think about worst case scenario but then like if you uh but if you have a solid structure behind you nothing else can come from behind the easel which would be the worst case scenario if it comes from behind you you at least you're there to protect stuff. Mm-hmm. you know you're kind of the barrier so that's one thing um but you know this is a funny subject because the event i just went to i was a renegade painter totally not allowed to do what i did and there is a, a very set official live painter roster with a very set official space that i was not allowed to be in and technically not allowed to be live painting but i said fuck them i'm just going to do what i want and uh, it's my home also. It's Swanee Music Park. So I've been going there for 10 years live painting. So I just set up off to the side discreetly or whatever and uh, just try to stay out of you know, everybody's hair and out of their way or whatever and not be distracting from the official artist. But, uh, but honestly, it was like for good reasons. Like they had good intentions because the this is the problem. Whenever there's too many live painters at an event, and there's only one event that that's gonna happen, and it's Tipper, because everybody in the crowd is a fucking live painter. So like, you know, like everybody wants to be live painting. And when you go to a place like Swanee, where it's free for all and anybody can live paint, it's always been that way. I've been going there for ten years, and we've never told anybody they can't live paint. Um, this was the first time that they've ever told. Not the park. The park still would never tell anybody they can't. But the art director uh, told people not to do it or whatever so uh that was interesting um and it's because there's just so many people that would want to do it it like they did it last year got a little out of hand there's just so many people adding on rando just walking up with an easel wanted like set up with and join the line the line just keeps getting longer painters and mm-hmm. blah 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 and they're worried about safety in case somebody needs like the ems or something and you know real safety issues so like Totally like a real reason why like they shouldn't have, they should regulate how many painters are there and stuff. But this is the all one of the only situations that's gonna happen because it's Tipper and it's like all the artists are there. So, um, but other than that, I think that most events don't have live painters and they would love them. Like you said, and it's a free performer. So I think you should go for it because in my experience, like I said, there isn't any other light painters there. I go set up wherever I want, renegade, in a nice, safe way that's presentable to the audience. The the coordinators, the owners of the festival, the security, whoever walks up to me, wants to get my picture. They don't want to tell me to leave. They're like, wow, this adds to our festival. Like, they got to see that. They got to see you're being respectful, see you're like not making a mess, Not you know, Obviously, like you're you're tri- you're contributing to the festival, you're adding value to the festival. and if you can do that in a way that is safe, nine times out of ten or ten times out of ten for me lately, in places I'm not supposed to be at all, they're like, all right, well, the guy's doing a thing. It looks cool, you know, mm-hmm. let him do his thing. It's not hurting anybody, you know so um and the same thing with selling your art, you know, you can't get a spot, you can't get a spot in the gallery. go out there and talk to people, go. Up to people. Don't stand there on the street and say, Hey, I got art. No, go make friends. There's a bunch of people who want to be your friend and then talk to them about your art. I guarantee you start selling it. Like you have all day at these festivals where you're not even probably doing anything half the time because mm-hmm. the music doesn't start till night, you know? So that's how I started renegating everything essentially until we were like, Man, we need a place for all our renegades to meet up. I get to help people to help me renegade so much that. I was like, we can't just be meeting at the freaking installation here. We need to get a booth or something so you'll have a place to come and get, like, merch to So sell. now you're
0: getting more into the system and paying uh, for Yes, birthday. now I buy
1: official vending booths, which I, I prefer. Um, I also learned that if you go into an art gallery, collective art gallery, festival art gallery, you're wasting your time. You're not going to sell anything. Like, yeah, you may maybe make a little money. Or whatever, but that's nothing compared to what you're gonna make on your own. So, separate yourself essentially, like it's the main factor in your sales being higher at events is um, getting away from the art area and getting into where they buy things. So, where do they buy things? In the freaking mall they build at every festival called the vending area. Everybody likes to go to the mall and spend their money. So, what you need to do is save up some money, pay for the vending fee and start to get things that you can sell in there and realize the difference between your free spot in the collective art gallery they gave you for being a live painter that you're not going to make any money from them because you're just crammed in there with a bunch of artists that everybody's looking at all your art as one big thing whereas you section yourself in your own booth and you provide something unique that's just your brand and also catch people when they're already in the mindset of spending money because they're going to all these merch vendors in a row, and that's where they think, "Oh, this is where I spend money." If they go to the art gallery, they think, "Oh, this is where I look at art." It's two different mentalities, and the sales are dramatically different. So that's one thing I've definitely learned about: just buy the vending booth. Like, yeah, okay, you're getting free. Yeah, if you're a broke artist. Like, save some money if you want to make some money and invest it. Yeah. Don't like take the bro like. I I definitely did that at first, and it took me years to figure that out. So you know, not trying to hate on y'all do your thing, but realize that you're gonna get mixed up in the art gallery with everyone else versus paying, investing in yourself to give yourself a spot where people see you different. You mm-hmm.
0: know? Nice. Thank you for your our opinions on that. <laughs> um, how are we doing for time? You gotta perform again soon? I probably do. Yeah? Uh,
1: yeah, I was gonna go on at 7 to
0: 6.20. All right, cool. Well, let's do, let's do one more question. Okay. Uh, How do you see the current state of planet Earth and what can us artists do to pitch in to
1: making it a better place? Um, The current state of planet Earth, I feel like, is um, a little unbalanced. But I feel like that I think balance is the main thing that we should all focus on. there's not really, I feel like one right way or the other, they all complement each other and like are the yin and yang of each other and they need each other, like even the bad parts and the good parts. So it's like hard to say like, oh, we need to stop doing this or we need to do that or this person, you know, this way of thinking is wrong or like, you know, um, I think uh, balance and mindfulness are the two most important factors that we could uh, learn really start to understand more like grow to understand and practice to uh make the world a more cohesive you know um balanced place because it's not you know you can't always love people but you can um understand them you know can be mindful of them you know and like where they came from and why they act the way they are and um you can't always like like we said stop all the bad things from happening but you can increase the good You know, like, so that's why um, a lot of my art is is genuinely, like, bright. It may be a little, like, intense and edgy, but in general, it's, like, bright and inspiring, you know, because I wanted to put more of that positive into the the world because it seems like, you know, a lot of people, there is a lot of negative out there, obviously, and I feel like... being more inspirational, being more loving, being more mindful—it's kind of putting more of that positive to balance that out. And so, I think that's like the best thing that we could do is just like—you're uh, not going to fix anybody's problems. You're not going to teach anybody really anything by telling them. You got to like literally just do it yourself. Be the example. Be the balance. Be the mindfulness, and and try to put that forth into the world with your actions, with your everyday like how you interact with people. How you present yourself, you know. Be
0: mm-hmm. the change. Yeah. Being good, and hopefully the world turns good.
1: Yeah. Like, I I mean, more
0: people being good. <laughs> like, good
1: is subjective. <laughs> we
0: are. We are the world. <laughs> we are the people. <laughs> well thank you so much man yeah. i really appreciate you doing this interview with me in the middle of your performances ah, it's good uh, to be here so you're you're going now to like a couple stages and setting up yeah and painting all night main long. stage and just paint all night long yeah awesome well thank you so much once again yeah. and thank you guys for watching another week of chris dyer's creative friends please make sure to like comment share subscribe all that boring shit that helps this show and conversations reach more people. Until then, blessings. Yo. All right. Oh, yeah. Man. Boom. That was cool as fuck. Yeah, that's fun, huh? Yeah. I love these shows. I love the conversations. Next episode, Max Paul Arena. What's your experience with this medicine, say, compared to Aya, for example? Mm. Um... It's a very different vibe. Like I love to tell this to people but if you ask ayahuasca like ayahuasca what what, what should I have for breakfast tomorrow? Ayahuasca like sends you in this giant trip and there's like a hundred visions and it's like in the beginning of time there was nothing <laughs> God and right. evil like I don't know The bigger picture like, of all I was creation. just asking like what what should I have for breakfast? And peyote you're like Peyote what should I have for breakfast? Like cereal boom, Uh, you know, like it's very direct. So please make sure to subscribe, like, comment and share. Big thanks and see you next episode. Peace.